There are many great cruise lines offering different experiences, which means even seasoned sailors have new things to try. And sometimes those new things are right in your backyard. I'm Rick Ross. And I'm Billy Hirsch. We're taking a tour of the Carnival Paradise on this episode of the Cruise Habit Podcast. You're about to set sail on the Cruise Habit Podcast, an audio voyage through the world of ships, ports, and beyond. Welcome aboard. This episode of the Cruise Habit Podcast is a bit different from the others we've done, so we're going to throw this one in as a bonus episode. And we'd like to hear your feedback about this. We'll uh, give you some information on how to get in touch with us at the end of the podcast. So what makes this episode different is it's, uh, it's kind of like a mini review. Uh, not a review of a ship so much, but Rick's experience. So on, on Saturday, November 10th, Carnival invited Rick to take a tour of the Carnival Paradise. And uh, she was homeported in Tampa, which is near where Rick lives, so it was nice and convenient. And while you've taken a lot of cruises, this was your first time ever stepping foot on a Carnival ship, is that correct? Yeah, that's true. I've, I've sailed on Disney, Norwegian, Celebrity, and Royal Caribbean, but never sailed on Carnival. So this should be fun to, to get your perspective as somebody that isn't new to cruising, but is very new to this line. And uh, a, a lot of things we're going to talk about, I'm sure we're going to end up talking about things that are visual, you know, to, to at least some extent. Mm -hmm. And the good news is there's a companion uh, article to go along with this over on cruisehabit.com with a lot of pictures. So make sure you head over to the website. And not right now. If you're driving, don't. Just when you get home and, uh, and check that out at cruisehabit.com. So I think uh, dive right into it because I've, I've got a lot of things I want to ask you uh, about your experience. So, but before you even stepped on board, I would guess, whether from research or things you'd heard or just curiosities, you had some impression in your mind of what it might be like or, you know, uh, some, some expectations. You know, can you tell me about that? Yeah, the, the Port of Tampa, it, we've got that bridge you've got to get under, the Sunshine Skyway. So I know we don't get the newest ships there. We get smaller ships there, which usually means older ships. Um, and I, so I, I knew I was going to be going on to an older ship. Uh, but also with the Paradise, I had heard that it had gotten a major refurbishment. Uh, so I was expecting an older, smaller ship that had been updated or recently redecorated. So you, you walk across the gangway, and one of my very favorite moments in cruising... Um, not my complete favorite because I still have my carry-ons with me, but one of my favorite moments, you walk across that gangway yeah. and you step into, I presume, like a, an atrium of sorts? Yeah, so you walk right into an atrium that's got a lot of very rich browns, uh, greens, golds, uh, goes several stories up to a glass uh, enclosure in the in the ceiling. Uh, I was pretty impressed. Uh, a lot of colors that I haven't seen, I guess, more recently in cruising. It's kind of like, uh, not necessarily a classic cruising, but more like a legacy of cruising. Okay. Uh, like, it, it definitely reflected an, a very particular era. Okay, fair enough. But in a very clean and updated way. Okay, so it didn't, it didn't feel like, um, even though the look was different, it didn't feel like you were stepping back in time or anything, or like, oh, why is this ship still looking like this? No, it didn't feel old at okay. all um and it was very recently done like that that was obvious okay so um you mentioned some of the the style um i noticed as you were describing the atrium actually you didn't talk about the colors or or the lighting or the size you mentioned the style 
Um, and I know that's something you wanted to talk about. So, so tell me about overall. Yeah. So in the public spaces, as I was walking around, I, uh, I noticed these columns that had a very particular look to them. And I realized, and this is probably a type of architecture that people haven't even heard of. This whole ship is designed to be Egyptian revival. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a weird aside that we had not planned. It's not in our notes. Uh, the there's a lounge and everyone can correct me in the comments there's a lounge on independence of the seas or maybe they've changed it she was refurbed of that similar style go back find it in live blog uh, <laughs> so in so egyptian revival describe me what that entails uh, okay it's a style that's almost never seen it happened at about the same time as art deco and art deco was just a much more popular uh style at the time uh there's a presbyterian church in nashville that's, <laughs> that's uh, very specific <laughs> well i my, my family some of my family lives in nashville so i've been um there's a presbyterian church in nashville that is designed in this style um, there are some government buildings that are designed in this style, and I, I recommend you take a look at the Wikipedia article. It's, um, it's not commonly seen, but this was unmistakably Egyptian revival all throughout the ship. Right. I, and I loved it. I, I, I thought it was great. <laughs> he's, he's grinning. I, I am. In, in a big way as he's describing it. I am. You almost point. never see that, and there it was, and it was really well done. All right, so... One of the questions anyone talking about cruising, even people that say, oh, no, uh, I, I don't go on cruises just to eat. Uh, they wonder about restaurants and, and, and eating. And that's also just from a standpoint of the look and feel of a ship, the architecture, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, the decor um, that you can. I think dining rooms are a good place to get a, a feel on that uh, of that. So what did you think about the dining venues and, and what dining venues did you see? Well, I, I took a look inside the two main dining rooms. And they were not open for service at the time, but just to get some pictures. And you know, they looked like what I would expect a, a main dining room to look like on a cruise ship. There wasn't any particular theme or decor that I could establish. But it was not Sumatran Revival. No, no. It was very, very clean, contemporary uh, kind, of, uh, kind of lines. Uh, but when I went up to the Paris Lido Buffet, there was another example of Egyptian Revival uh, architecture there uh, around the columns. They had leaves at the top, but they were not the kind of like acanthus leaves you would expect on a Greek Corinthian column. Um, very much an Egyptian revival column there. <laughs> and, uh, um, Somebody, and, some some architect somewhere is getting so excited that you recognize this. You know that. Yeah, that's probably... Because they all listen to the show. I think so. I think we're very popular with the AIA. Um <laughs> Um, let's see. Oh, the uh, the other dining venues. So some of the outdoor ones were uh, Guy's uh, Burger Joint and the Blue Iguana Cantina and Tequila Bar. Uh, I thought the decor for those were was both great, um, or all three were great. Uh, the Guy's Burger Joint was very much like. Um, you know, I know he claims he only wore the shirt with the flames on it once and everybody teases him about it, but it looked like, you know, that kind of place. Uh, and then the Blue Guana Cantina had some, like, Mexican-style seating and very kind of, um, yeah, Mexican, I guess, furniture. Yeah, you know, looking at your, your photos of Blue Iguana, uh, it looked to me exactly like, uh, well, nearly identical to Blue Iguana on Vista when we're on board Vista. Oh, okay. And other pictures that I've seen of Blue Iguana on other ships, because uh, I don't think other Carnival ships have been on. I think that was before they 
that venue was there. But I love the look of Blue Iguana. Their food is great too, by mm. the way. But I, I, I enjoy the look of it. Uh, it's just, it's, I don't know. It, there was something about the way they designed it that didn't make me feel like I was going into a stereotypically bad Tex-Mex place, but also was not trying to look like it was in Mexico either. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. It is definitely a Mexican establishment, but they're not trying to drown you in like La Authentica or something like that. It's just like, yeah, this is Mexican. Did, so did you, uh, did you end up getting to eat in any of those venues? I, I did. I went to uh, Guy's Burger Joint. I figure it's the burger on the on the seas that you hear about that people sure. like. Uh, so I figured I'd give it a shot. I really enjoyed it. I got the one with the, let's see, we got a cheeseburger with the uh, oh, SMC Super Melty Cheese, uh, the donkey sauce, and pickles, because I like pickles. But you can have the burger pretty much any way you want. They've got a variety of toppings uh, right there at the kind of service line. And then they've also got a toppings bar. I like toppings bars. I, I like I like having options. SMC and donkey sauce, I, I feel like we're going to need to have part of this episode translated. Well, I, if you've ever seen like Guy Fieri stuff, that's what he's known for. I so. bow to your better knowledge. I, I wouldn't call it better, just uh, <laughs> broader. And and to be clear, uh, Guy's Burgers is a complimentary venue? It is. It is. Okay. And it, um, I should also say the main dining room is not open for any lunch service on embarkation day, which I think that's different from what I've seen with other lines where usually there's a main dining room venue open and the buffet. I would say often. Yeah. It depends on the... I've noticed with some lines, it even depends on the ship, for example. Like, oh, okay. uh, I'll give you an example where a lot of people think an Oasis-class ship when Royal Caribbean would have a ton, right? Right. But they have so many other venues, they're, I don't believe they open the main dining room on embarkation. I could be wrong. Uh, well, for me, with the... Oh, not too much sidetrack. The Oasis-class ships, I think of park, uh, the Park Cafe Yeah. for embarkation. Yep. Okay. So, um as you, you explored the ship, were there any other uh, venues that, that stood out to you? You know, as far as a particular lounge, pool area, theater, or whatever the case may be. Oh, I've got a little bit more to say about food. If oh, go back to please, that. by all uh, means. All right. So the, at the... Uh... Didn't mean to pull the plate away before you were done eating. <laughs> you know, I'm still working on that. <laughs> um, in the Paris Lido buffet, they had a, um, a, I guess, what would normally be a desserts area. I'm used to like singly plated desserts like maybe you get three or four bites mm -hmm. uh, on a plate and you go and you pick up the plate instead what they had was six or eight different varieties of cake and someone uh, a crew member there cutting slices of cake as you requested them and serving them to you so you could request like i did i had a slice of the elderflower vanilla and a slice of the citrus cake and i'll say both were really good i was uh, I don't want to say impressive cake, because <laughs> but man, that was some good no, cake. Th that know? actually mimics what uh, what I found on Carnival in the past was their cakes were, I, I will say, impressively good. Okay. I was not expecting. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, and and not. It, I guess for me, I wasn't expecting it because. It's not that I don't find good cake on chips. I'm kind of a, a cake connoisseur. I like, I like cake, mm. um, but. Uh, I'm not often impressed by cakes on chips, but yeah, I, I rather enjoy it. And I think I even have had before, I don't know if it was the same recipe, the citrus cake. Mm. Delightful. It was great. We should go to Paradise <laughs> next time she's in Tampa, <laughs> get some citrus cake. All right. It's a date. <laughs> so uh, do you get to explore any other uh, dining? Do you have like a second dessert or second lunch? Anyway? Uh, well, I uh, got a piece of pizza at Pizza Pirate. 
And uh, yeah, that was good pizza. It's not my favorite type of pizza, but there was, I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with it. Just not my kind of pizza. I hate to put lines up against each other. Yeah. Especially with food, because it's so subjective. But compared to Sorrento's. Oh, easily better. Because okay. here's the thing. I wanted to make I said, sure we could still be friends. I said there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and I do think there's something wrong with pizza at Sorrento's. In, uh, yep, I think we're on the same page. Okay. In, in yeah, fairness, yeah. I will say on... Uh, on symphony just a week and a half ago mm-hmm. two weeks ago when, when was on uh getting better they're listening to guest feedback uh, sorrento's getting better. terrific well i you know for for carnivals a pizza pirate offering that is good pizza it's just not my favorite kind of pizza. okay fair enough yeah pizza can come in a lot of different forms i love another uh, carnival uh, brand holland america mm-hmm. new york pizza by the pool on new amsterdam that was it like a thin crust kind of deal? Uh, not paper thin, but yes, it was. It was thin crust. Okay, this fired was... right there for you. Uh, that may mm. be identical to what they're serving really? on Carnival. Then, yeah, mm. that sounds very similar. So now I'm making another note: citrus cake and pizza. Yeah, got it. <laughs> so uh, was that it for for? I don't want to pull that plate away. From no, me that's uh, that was it. That was it for the food. I, I felt <laughs> like that was a good sampling and. Um, it was kind of them to uh, to let me explore those options on the ship. So uh, other venues, like I said, lounges, whether it's pool deck, you know, I'm just curious what stood out. Because I'll be honest, and, and listeners, while they're getting to know you, I've gotten to know you pretty well over the years. Uh-huh. I, you notice things that maybe I don't always notice, but when you point them out, I go, you are absolutely right. Hmm. So I'm I'm just curious. Walking around the ship, what stood out? Uh, okay, so the the one one of the venues that I walked into first, just due to its proximity to the uh, atrium, was the America Bar, and like this place was just insane. Uh, it had a blue um, border across this uh, around the ceiling with white stars on it, white and red stripes uh, panels on the wall. Um, just like dripping in Americana, uh, these gold plated, uh, medallions on the wall. I, you know, I loved it. This is not the place I want the, uh, that I would want to be every day and not what I would want my house to look like, but for a cruise vacation. Yeah. This is the kind of venue. Like I, I would at least want to have a drink in. Okay. Uh, another venue that was just right across the atrium from that was the library. And this is a place that made me think of you. I don't know if you've uh, looked at these pictures where it's just everything nautical, historical, um, like old deck finishes, um, from like handcrafted boats on the tabletops, um, models of ships in glass cases. I'm a uh, sucker for a nautical theme. I yeah, I know, I know. I, the whole time I was walking <laughs> around in there, I was like, "This is this room's so Billy. He would he would love to just hang out in here." Uh, and then the best part is, you look up to the ceiling, and the ceiling is a map. Awesome. And it's not squares. It's like radial from one corner mm. out to the like they put some work into the ceiling. I was very impressed. That's a space I returned to before I left the ship because I wanted to see it again. And and that room was called again? Uh, it's like the Blue Rib- Ribbond or Ribbond Library. Yeah, I don't know. Who says Ribbon? I, I, I have no idea what this word is. I've never oh, okay. seen it. So. <laughs> like, I'm a pretty literate guy. Don't know this word. I have good news for you and all of our listeners. Okay. 
You can read exactly what the blue ribbon is on cruisehabit.com. Search blue, R-I-B-B-A-N-D. And that uh, was the award given to the fastest crossing of the Atlantic Ocean by a ship. And the, uh, the last vessel to ever win that was the SS United States. So you can read all about what the blue ribbon is. Where? Cruisehabit.com. Oh. That was, that was not intentional. That worked out perfect. If, for the rest of my questions, if you can just naturally lead into a plug like that, that would be great. Uh, sure. Just cue me up for every bit of nerdy cruise history that you might want to talk about. And we're Been preparing for this all my life. I mean, we're sold. Uh, so, um, so actually, I, you know, I was going to ask you, and I think we ended up kind of covering this. When I cruise, and I, I don't know that I'm terribly unique in this way, I end up gravitating toward the same spot. Not that I don't enjoy multiple venues, multiple spots on the ship, but uh, quite often, like at night, especially, oh, where's Billy? Well, he's over, insert venue here, mm-hmm. you know, this place that just felt like home to me. Um, if you were to be on Paradise for, you know, four night sailing or something, what do you think that venue might be? Well, it, well, it would depend on for what purpose. Because I think, like, if I just wanted to get a drink and then go hang out somewhere, I could see myself going to the library. I could also see myself going to the Queen Mary Lounge. Uh, that seemed like a, uh, a venue that would have the kind of, like, easy listening jazz music that I could, like, sit around and just have a, have a drink uh, while, I'm, while I'm listening to that. Reminded me a lot of the Rendezvous on the Celebrity Millennium classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the place I would want to go to party every night would be Rex. And Rex is... Um, <laughs> hmm, it's an animal print extravaganza. Uh, it's like they took the shapes of Art Deco and then threw a ton of zebra and giraffe and leopard and lion and this and that print all over it um and then added some chrome and shiny black plastic i know this sounds like not a place it's not a place for you billy it's not a place for you you know what it's uh oh this is saying this to such a small audience this sounds like um if somebody were to give you this room like without all those designs and tell you to make it look that way in Photoshop. You'd learn so much about layers and blending. Uh, oh, yeah. Can you make this look exactly the same, but zebra or zebra, depending on where you're listening? Um, yes. Yeah, that's. I, I did see some of the pictures of this venue. Loved it. It. Um, I, I think, you know, don't know until I'm there. I have a feeling that as far as the look and feel, that you're right, that it wouldn't necessarily be my venue. However, I can imagine walking in and just looking around and staring for quite a while. So definitely check out uh, the pictures of Rex in the the article, the Paradise article at cruisehabit.com. Yeah, it's a room that says party. Like, it, no one, no one's going in there to sip a Laphroaig, uh, I'd have to say. <laughs> so that's why it's really not, not your room. Um, but people are going in there to dance, to really dance, and that's what I want to do. Uh, at night on a cruise ship you know how i cut up rug yeah i know and we've already discussed the fact that i dance with your wife on cruises because you don't and thank goodness you're coming on celebrity (laughs) edge with us tomorrow i'm looking forward to dancing (laughs) with your wife um so is there and maybe the answer is no and that's okay is there 
a way that you could summarize the difference in feel overall between the Carnival Paradise and, um, I, you know, let's say uh, either, frankly, either Royal Caribbean or, or an NCL ship because they, they compete for, you know, a very similar place in the market. Um, so just, you know, if said, uh, can you can you tell me how did it feel in, in one sentence, let's say, that that was different? Hmm. I mean, one thing that I'd have to say is the decor was just amped. It was, you know, turned up to 11, uh, as the as the guys in Spinal Tap say. Like, um, there, it was over the top, and it knew it. Okay. Um, and I don't think that the other lines so much go for that over the top. Like, they, I think they're looking to reach maybe a point of refinement or something like that, but... Uh, that was not really the goal on this ship. This, the goal on this ship was, you know, put the pedal to the metal and then push the pedal through the floor of the car uh, <laughs> when it comes to decor. And and they totally nailed it. Like, I really enjoyed a lot of the spaces on there. So I, I think, I know I have a, a good idea for the, the feel with regard to how, um, how it looked and in some cases tasted, um, <laughs> along with the, the photos in the article. But what about um, like the the flow and the atmosphere? Maybe that had less to do with decor and colors and architecture. Um, you know, embarkation day is crazy on on really any but the smallest of luxury ships. Right. What was that like as far as flow of passengers as as, as regular guests started aboard and you know crew doing their thing? Well, describe that. Well. Uh- I'm probably not in a great position to answer that question because I had a very different personal itinerary uh, for those few hours I was on the ship than the people who are on the ship for their first few hours of a four or five night uh, cruise. Like my goal was to document the ship, sample the food, and to a certain extent, stay out of people's way because I was there as a guest, not as a as a paying customer. Um in terms of passenger flow, the only thing that I noticed that was not so great was uh, as people were boarding, there was a photo opportunity right at the base of a staircase that also had guest relations there that had this whole computer area just off to the side that had not a soul in it. I thought, hmm. well, if they just move the photo opportunity over there, you know, sure. that's, that gets it out of the first thing you do when you walk in Mm -hmm. and maybe puts people more into like a counterclockwise flow around that center uh, atrium. Um, But other than that, it seemed pretty easy to get around um, a ship that size, I think, with the number of people and the number of different ways to get around. There were a a bunch of um, banks of elevators that all seemed to be working great. So that um, so that was not a problem to to get from one deck to the other. You mentioned the the size, and I just for the sake of comparison, mm-hmm. uh, I had to look it up. I don't know if you guys heard me typing as I did this, but uh, seventy thousand gross tons um, with lower berths full, so double occupancy, uh, two thousand and forty passengers. Um, so that's that sounds to me about like what a millennium class is on celebrity. Do you think? Uh, we don't need to think, Rick. We have the internet. <laughs> All right. Pause while Billy searches for celebrity 
Millennium class. I was just on the Infinity, so let's find out from this one. So Infinity is 90,940 gross tons, so a little bit bigger in size. 2,170 passengers, so okay, 5% higher passenger count, yeah, yeah. roughly. Uh, and uh, yeah, another 10,000 gross tons. So okay. in, in, the, in the ballpark. Ballpark, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Was there anything that beyond um, beyond the paradise herself? Was there anything that you were exposed to, process the the name of their daily program or otherwise that uh, that was new to you because carnival that that you learned? Hmm. Uh, well, one of the interesting things I had never seen before was a self serve beer vending machine right in the. Um, right in the buffet where you can go up mm-hmm. and swipe your card. Uh, they've got cups there. Just pour yourself a beer right from right from the machine. Um, now, other than that, from what I saw, it's pretty much things that were standard across the across the industry. Uh, I did see uh, maybe uh, something that's different is there were some crew members standing around in, in prominent places wearing T-shirts that said "Ask Me." So it was really clear that, yeah, they're there. So if you had questions, they were not going to be questions for long. Exactly. They're, That's good. I they're, like that. Yeah, they're making themselves uh, kind of like putting guest relations on every level mm-hmm. um, rather than having to go back to the to the front. And um, the other thing that those crew members had were um, small maps of the ship. Mm-hmm. And those maps of the ship also indicated what venues were open for lunch. Oh, that's on great. day. I like that a lot. I, I thought that was really smart um, as a way to just very clearly direct traffic to where traffic wants to go on, on an embarkation day. Man, that's one of those when you see it or you hear about it, you go, what? Why doesn't everyone do that? Why doesn't everyone do that? Yeah. <laughs> that's really great. I like that. Um, and one other thing that yeah. I saw uh, when I was walking around wondering, is this ship really Egyptian Revival or am, is this just wishful thinking on my part? Um, they have some metal sculptures, metal wall art in the lobby of the air, the first floor of the atrium. And one of them is Cleopatra on her barge. So if you didn't think it was Egyptian Revival before, boy, is it ever. You're soaking in it. So, You're soaking and, and in it. And Cleopatra was not the godmother of the ship? It, <laughs> no. No. It's an older ship, but not... Not not that old. Not like 5,000 BC old. Let's see. Uh, so 7,000. What's uh, 20 years out of 7,000? What percentage is that? We're, we're close. Very, very yeah. close. So, uh, so final thoughts on uh, on your, your brief tour of Carnival Paradise. I really enjoyed it. I, I was very pleased to see venues that were um, beyond my expectation and really pleasing from a design perspective and places that I would want to spend time. Uh, I didn't really get to interact with the crew very much. Um, mostly I just asked a couple questions of how to get to, to where I wanted to go. Um, but they, the two people I talked to are really friendly. Um, so I'd like to interact with the carnival crew, uh, more. Um, sounds like we, uh, we should take a trip to Tampa sometime. Yeah, I, I think you should. Uh, if the question is, would I take a cruise on carnival paradise? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would. Awesome. 
Well, uh, again, make sure you check out the article that goes with this podcast. We'll link it in the show notes, uh, or you can just go to cruisehabit.com, search paradise, and there are a ton of pictures. I still haven't even gone through all of them because I don't prepare. Um, so make sure to check that out. And uh, I'm glad. Uh, thanks, Rick, for, for sharing your experience there. Thank you. And thank you to Carnival. So before we let you go, we asked and you guys responded. We wanted you to send us your questions to podcast at cruisehabit.com. And we've got a question for you right now. Our question today comes from Jasmine. And Jasmine asks, why do most of your friends only cruise with Royal Caribbean? There are lots of other cruise lines. What's so magical about Royal Caribbean that some people won't sail any other line? Fantastic question. Fan a great, fantastic question. I think we can open up this, open this up more broadly to why do people keep going back to the same cruise lines over and over. Uh, and we did an episode recently on the podcast about loyalty clubs, and I think that may be the answer for some people. But from my perspective, from uh, it may just be that people go back to what they're familiar with. So someone who books a cruise, has a great time, leaves that cruise thinking, oh, I had a great cruise on Norwegian. Not just, I had a great cruise. Mm -hmm. So that's why they stay with the same line is they don't have a reason to go to a different line. Yep. And a lot of our friends, certainly not all of them, um, came from, uh, have followed us along because both uh, Rick and I have dabbled over at uh, royalcaribbeanblog.com and uh, on Matt's podcast and, and his site, which is fantastic. So uh, a lot of folks over there are loyalists to Royal Caribbean because for the same reason that Rick mentioned, that was in many cases, not all, I mean, Royal has a great product for one. Yeah. Um, but uh, in many cases, it's that that was their first exposure and i often struggle it took me a while to realize this people people want to to know hey w w what should i know before i take my first cruise or you know tell me about cruising and it's it's impossible to describe cruising adequately at least until you've experienced you have to experience it to really understand and i think because of that you do get that thing where somebody takes their first cruise and they go wow this is so this is different i i thought i was going to be bored i thought it was going to be crowded i thought you know, whatever their their misconceptions may have been. Mm -hmm. And I was wrong because, you know, Holland Disney America, Disney, right. whatever, yeah. you know, that does such a great job. Mm -hmm. They don't think, oh, because cruising is this way. And there are a lot of different companies that do a great job, right? Right. They think that, that my experience was different than what I thought because my experience was a, a materially different one in, in and of itself. It was a unique one, right? Uh, and I think today's episode, actually, that we just recorded even reflects that. It was your first exposure, Rick, to Carnival. And you said, yeah, you, you, you would love to, to sail on Paradise, for example. Um, there's, exactly, a lot, there's a lot out there. But if you, if you never would have known, if you would have had no other information about cruising, and you took that first uh, Disney, was yeah. your first line, right? Yep. I, I can understand how somebody would go, well... That's, Disney's that's the line for me then. Right. Yeah, but really, it's that cruising is the thing for you. Absolutely. So I think cruising is the thing for you. That's Rick Rick summarized nicely. So thank you, Jasmine, for uh, for writing in with that question. And uh, again, you can, uh, you can write into us. We'll share that information again at the end of the show. Uh, while we're continuing on, we'd like to thank you for all the reviews. Uh, regardless of what platform you listen to us on, uh, go ahead and go to iTunes if you'd like to leave us a review and give us a review there. Um, make sure you subscribe uh, to our podcast 
or all the various forms of social media. We're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Periscope, Instagram, YouTube. Did I get them all, Billy? Uh, MySpace? Uh, no. Okay, just those others. Uh, yes. Uh, we're going on Celebrity Edge soon. In fact, we're leaving tomorrow morning as we record this podcast. Uh, so go ahead and go to the website, subscribe to our presence on these social media <laughs> avenues so that you can see this. Uh, Celebrity Edge is really exciting new thing coming out. Uh, we're excited to share it with you. So uh, we've got some neat tools and tricks we're going to be trying out. Yep. Um, Looking forward to sharing it all. And make sure you catch up on, on our Edge content up to now. We had a podcast episode about it. We've, we've got lots of Edge content over on the site, so check that out. And that's probably why, if you listen to this episode, it's a little goofy for two reasons. One, a little different format today. But two, in like 12 hours, we're going to be leaving here to go onto a brand new, super exciting ship. So yeah, I'm giddy. Try to sleep tonight. Not going to happen. Mm-mm. Also, I drank a pot of coffee earlier. Anywho, <laughs> thank you guys for uh, for listening. <laughs> R- R- Rick looks like he's judging my caffeine intake. Uh, no, I'm debating whether I should say we'll follow it with a pint of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> little yin, little yang. That's yeah. That's not pharmaceutical advice, by the way. <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it. Again, please give us your feedback on this kind of bonus episode we did. Would you like to hear more like this? Would you never like to hear anything like this again? <laughs> Should we just cut Billy from the podcast entirely? It's been suggested yes, on other podcasts. I was going to say, been you on. would not be the first time someone has requested Billy's absence. Oh, dear. But uh, yeah, make sure you send us your feedback. Uh, and any questions you have, we'll read your questions on the air. Podcast at cruisehabit.com. I really look forward to hearing from everyone and uh, look forward to, to sharing as we're on Celebrity Edge uh, tomorrow. So thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll talk ship with you again real soon. Take care. Hi, this is Kim from snowy Rochester, New York, a friend of cruisehabit.com. Follow the guys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to the Cruise Habit Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Search Cruise Habit in the Periscope app to join the broadcast from ship and shore. They'd love to talk ship with you real soon.